It's all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle one, the package is being delivered. Let's be real. Most people watch it, and it's about as fundamental to internet culture as Google itself. Porn. And nowadays, that means Pornhub, the massive shadow YouTube for porn that accumulates millions of clicks daily. Pornhub. Here for you. Recently, Pornhub made headlines when a New York Times expose showed the site hosts thousands of illegal videos, which forced the site to take down all unverified content and vastly change its content rules. The story caused waves and has begged questions surrounding what the future of porn will look like online. Motherboard reporter Sam Cole has been covering this beat for years, and she's on the show to explain the latest on one of the most popular sites on the internet. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. So Sam, in the late stages of uh, December 2020, you came through with several pornography-related scoops about Pornhub. Yeah, so at the end of December 2020, um, Pornhub came out with this new big policy change to ban all unverified uploads and stop letting people do downloads. So that was a huge change from how the platform had worked for you know years and years uh, before where now they were kind of saying, we're only going to let people that are verified on the site that we have their verification information to post any content. Um, And that was uh, right after a big expose in the New York Times that has gotten a lot of criticism, but um, it was about child porn on Pornhub specifically. Um, And people were saying that that was kind of a reaction to that big story in the New York Times opinion pages and that Pornhub felt the pressure to change. But we knew that this had been a long time coming for many years. Well, it's kind of interesting that it took it took child pornography for Pornhub to take this seriously, because as your reporting has shown over the last few years, at least, there's been, you know, lots of lots of very, for lack of a better term, fucked up things that have gone on on Pornhub that don't involve child pornography. Yeah, for sure. And these changes are something that uh, sex workers themselves have been asking for for a really long time. Uh, They've wanted Pornhub to make more strict guidelines for verification and for what goes on the site because they deal with like content theft and they deal with all kinds of stuff that just comes with posting to Pornhub. Um, So when these policy changes happened, that was great and everyone was very happy. Um, and then it turned out that Visa and MasterCard and Discover decided to stop processing payments through a Pornhub right after that. So it was all kind of a roller coaster of, you know, this is a good change to now we're being targeted and discriminated against by these payment processors. Um, so it was a lot of things happening at once. And then Pornhub kind of did this scramble to delete all content that wasn't verified on the platform, which turned out to be 80% of their videos. It was a ton of stuff. Most of what was on Pornhub was not verified. Um, and it was all kind of in an effort to uh, undo the damage that was done by the payment processors deciding to uh, stop working with the site. Now, have, those, have they come back? No, um, I believe Visa has decided to start processing for other MindGeek sites, which is the company that owns Pornhub, but they're still saying as of, you know, a week and a half ago when I asked them that they're not going to change their stance. And what's the, like, what's the, what's the, 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 why? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you have, I mean, you have a lot of very, you know, there's a lot of performers, et cetera, that are on Pornhub that are making money off of it. Uh, why are they being penalized for something that Pornhub should have been taking care of in the first place? I think that's a question a lot of people are asking. Um, no one really understands why if Pornhub has made all these big changes and it's like, they're saying they're one of the most uh, safe sites on the internet now for porn. And according to these guidelines that they've put out, they are definitely, um, you know, onto something here, but the payment processors still say that they're not going to work with them. Um, it's a lot of speculation going around. A lot of people say that, uh, you know, they are feeling pressure for these uh, religious conservative groups who want porn to be abolished completely. Um, <laughs> like it's like the, like the religious right uh, is like attacking porn. It's, is that really still happening? Oh yeah. That's, that's been a thing, a tale as old as porn itself. So <laughs> I know, but you just, you would, you would imagine like 2021 yeah. of all time, time periods, like that would just be the, you know, not exactly the thing that would be the main target. There are probably other things they could actually go after, but this is like, it's so ubiquitous. Like how do you get rid of porn now? I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, this is kind of how you do it. You say that it's all dirty and disgusting um, and it's all abusive and exploitation and that it all should go um, is their tactic. And Justin Trudeau and the U S DOJ need to take immediate action they need to enforce the criminal code on this website and on this predatory company, and they need to shut it down. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's worse than ever. I think a lot of people would say that it, the pressure to conform to their ideals of what the internet should be is uh, worse than it's ever been. I think that's kind of the question I have on this. Obviously, I don't I don't report on this, and you're, I mean, you're the, the top reporter on this probably in the world, and it's this really is a question about the future of the internet is what I find really fascinating about all your reporting because you know it's it's porn but people uh, like everybody uses it and yeah. in terms of access and who gets to upload it and who gets to download it and how that all happens and not even to mention you know stuff like infringing on copyright law etc like this is really this does this do you think that decisions that are being made right now on on Pornhub and this sort of the controversy surrounding it will it have a larger effect on how we interact with the internet? I think definitely. I think all of these uh, decisions that happen to the adult world first and marginalized communities first always have implications for everyone else. Um, I mean, yeah, it's even if you don't watch porn, I think it affects you. Um, the the policies and the um, new terms that Pornhub is laying out are very good, but they also involve kind of scary things like uh, ID verification and uh, this new biometric identification that they're talking about doing where we don't really know exactly what that's going to look like. Um, but a lot of people are worried that it's going to exclude a lot of people who maybe their ID looks different than how they look now or the their content is, you know, a different style than what they can identify as in real life. Um, so I think, yeah, it's these kind of verification methods spill over into regular like Twitter and Facebook and all these other platforms where, you know, if they see porn, I'm doing this well, maybe, you know, they'll say, why not other sites? Why not everyone do it like this, which, you know, wouldn't be a complete bad thing, but it definitely has, Security implications yeah. and privacy implications, and just implications for like free speech on the internet, um, where yeah, know, I mean, that's, only a that's certain a, type of person can post whatever they want. 
Well, that's the thing. But also, I think just like to to just be one of those, you know, like, don't let the government come near me kind of guys <laughs> yeah. or to just quote it. I mean, do we really want a situation where websites are taking your biometric data for everything you're signing up for? Because like Google doesn't have my biometric data for my my both my private and, you know, corporate Gmail accounts. Right. Definitely. Like, yeah. I don't think I, mean? I don't so think we want that at all. Why would you? So I think you're right. I mean, I think it, like the the adult world, is it going to be some sort of guinea pig for this? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of what it's looking like. Um, yeah, you're, that's a good example is, you know, if you don't want to use your face to log into your phone, that's, that's your choice. And you can still do that as far as I know. Um, but, uh, you know, if you don't, if it's either use your biometric data and have it read your face or don't use a phone, um, then that's a completely different conversation. So yeah, I mean, if the boundary to posting things on a site like Pornhub is you must give us your biometric data or prove this certain type of government ID is you, um, that leaves out a whole lot of people who just don't want to use it in that way or aren't comfortable with it or can't. Now, what about the, you know, the adult performers, the sex workers who are using Pornhub and sites like that? Because I know, I, from what I understand, the, whoever owns Pornhub kind of owns on many of these sites, right? Yeah. And it's all like Montreal based, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are those people doing to make a living? Like, are they are they able to find a, alternative methods to, to sort of to keep up with paying their bills? Yeah. I mean, the, um, amazing thing and, you know, just the frustrating thing by necessity of being a sex worker is you have to diversify your income because this shit happens all the time. Um, you know, platforms are constantly shutting down your accounts or shadow banning you or deplatforming, you know, your brand or whatever it may be. Instagram is super notorious for this. You can't even post to Facebook if, you know, you're posting anything vaguely sexual. Um, so yeah, I mean, most people have a variety of platforms that they post to, um, you know, they do like, you know, webcamming here and clips there and sales this way and that way. And it's never just all your eggs in one basket. So most people who are using Pornhub as an income aren't only using Pornhub, but a lot of people were using it as like the bulk of their income. And for them, it's been really tough because that's where their fans know them. Um, and now they can't, process payments and, you know, the easy way and the the very mainstream way that they used to be able to. So that excludes a lot of fans. And then, you know, you can't get your payouts like you used to. So, I mean, I talked to quite a few people that said, this is blatantly discrimination against us to do this because this is how we pay our bills is, you know, through the very steady income stream of Pornhub. And now they're having to find something else and it just kind of sucks. And it they, wasn't- they, weren't, they weren't doing anything wrong. I was going to say, and it wasn't illegal. There was nothing yeah. wrong with what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, it was all, you know, it was speculation on the part of these groups. And then, you know, the New York Times did that big thing. And it all just kind of got into a hype of, um, you know, what's on Pornhub and how is it abusive? And I mean, this it's is why they were so- asking for years for them to clean it up because they knew that this sort of thing was coming. And it's just sort of that age old trope as well, where it's sort of like scorning porn, but like 90% of the adult population uses it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, totally. And that's kind of what a question I want to ask. So what is the future of the, you know, the adult entertainment industry and and porn sites? Because, you know, in the generation in which I've grown up on the internet where porn was available, it was just like you had multiple sites that were the ones you went to and the the uploading and downloading. It was a free for all. Like you yeah. could get anything. You didn't have to pay for anything. Nobody nobody really does. At least that I know that would, would tell me. But... <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure there, I mean, there are lots of people who do, but 
the fact is you can get a lot of free porn online and it seems like that with the changes that they're making on Pornhub and some of these adjacent sites that will change or could very well change. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of make a big blanket statement about the future of porn based on Pornhub because Pornhub isn't, Pornhub's probably the biggest and most popular like network of, I mean, Mining Geek is the biggest network of porn sites and Pornhub is one of them. Um, and Pornhub is kind of this household name that everyone knows that, you know, you think, uh, when you think about porn, but, um, it is just one site. Uh, it's not, um, the only porn site out there. I think it definitely has implications for these other sites, but porn's not going to go away. Um, I mean, I think it is a good thing that it's only verified people who are allowed to be on Pornhub because they can actually make money off of their content on Pornhub. Um, and the people who stole their content and posted it for free, then they are not, you know, leeching off of their income in that way on the same platform, which is kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, there still are tons of tube sites that will, you know, just stream porn and, there are also just tons of other ways to get porn now. I mean, you can subscribe to someone's OnlyFans as if it was like a Patreon. It's very just like normal now, almost not quite, but um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's scary and it's got a lot of like broader implications, but I don't think one of them is like porn is over. No, no, I, 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 I certainly, there's no way porn is over when porn yeah. would like existed in like, you know, Pompeii, ancient, <laughs> like ancient, ancient Rome Greece, was yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think one thing it seems to me, and tell me if I'm wrong here, it almost feels like it's the same kind of issue that was facing digital media outlets that, that just like us, mm-hmm. who just give away our content for free. And yeah. everyone just kind of came accustomed to consuming all this content for free. And the producers of it never really got, you know, their their fair due. And I'm wondering now it's it because of whatever point we are at in society, it's we're actually having that conversation for porn. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we're ready for that conversation. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's definitely something that needs to be talked about and stories like this bring the conversation to the mainstream. Um, tons of outlets covered this Pornhub news very incrementally as every, you know, new piece of news came out. And that's not something that, you know, we usually see is, you know, every outlet covering something like this. So I think it's a good thing that it's getting a lot of attention now. And it just sucks that it's got to come through the cost of, you know, discrimination from these payment processors and from, um, you know, these groups that are trying to get it all shut down. But it's a good conversation to have. I'm glad we're having it. Yeah, no kidding. And also, I know that you, uh, along with the help of Emmanuel, have been sort of covering this before everyone had the... You know, actually wanted to, or it could even print the word Pornhub, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like that they were afraid of saying that. Yeah. But I mean, I think it probably takes the stuff that you've done to normalize the conversation around reporting on this stuff, period. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, a lot of people have been writing about this for a while, um, like a lot longer than I have. But um, I, it's just, it's a wave of attention on it now because it's not something that anyone can ignore anymore. Um, it's just, it's, especially during the pandemic, it's a way that people mm-hmm. make money. Like, I mean, we're yeah. here, we are in capitalism. Like it's just, it's work. And I think people are finally saying, you know, okay, now it's time to cover it and treat it as if, you know, it is, it's work like everyone else is doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big part of it is, you know, we're ready to have these conversations because we've been talking about this 
as you know a legitimate form of labor for a while now and now we can actually yeah go there in the more nuanced and deeper ways where we're talking about Pornhub's terms of use <laughs> well i mean it's 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 always been internet culture yeah you know it's yeah. not any different from anything that we've we've reported on our motherboard i mean it's internet culture mm-hmm. period but you're right that's so true i mean it feels like only fans had its year because it really made its name during the covid pandemic like yeah. it, it really became sort of this household name oh yeah and they made a ton of money and they had a yeah. huge explos- explosion in users it was and crazy. didn't they cut down on a bunch of of its like some of its first first producers um i mean they did some stuff where they had to like stop doing referrals so um generously as they had been uh, that was a big okay. that was gotcha. a big like income flow for a lot of people was like referrals and so many people were getting referred that they were like we can't actually do this anymore hmm. but you know that was another that was a whole other kind of fucked up thing all right well sam thank you for coming on and talking about this uh, i'm sure 2021 will bring more of these stories mm, can't wait thanks ben <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Lorenzo. Ben, how are you? <laughs> I was trying my name to match not, your tone. Yeah, my name is not as fun to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm good, you know. It's, I'm out here. I'm out here living this life. It's whatever you can call it these days. Yeah, the, the new normal, as they call it. The new normal. I hate that expression. Let's never yeah, say it again. Yeah, I was going to say it. I don't like it. Yeah. Oh it's, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's move on from that expression. Talk, talk okay. some cyber. Or yeah. Let's talk about um, the 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 dark overlord, Amazon. <laughs> yeah. This is an interesting interesting story from Edward. Uh, so, as uh, some of our listeners know, this week it's uh, could be an historical week for Amazon workers because Amazon warehouse workers in Bessemer, Alabama, are voting to unionize. Uh, our reporter, Lauren Gurley, is actually out there reporting on the story. And uh, yeah, there's a program that Amazon runs every year where they offer at least $1,000 to workers to workers who want to quit, essentially. Um, and this year's timing is pretty bad because... Um, um, labor organizers and activists worry that some workers in uh, in Bessemer could be tempted to take this offer, and this would leave uh, fewer people uh, voting for the union and give Amazon the win. 
Yeah, it's it's. It, I mean, it's just some classic union busting stuff, isn't it? You know, like trying to entice a few off. I mean, they. I guess the one thing you could take from this, if you're the union, is that Amazon is they're nervous. Yeah, they're nervous, and uh, you know, we have to say that this is a yearly program. Uh, so this has happened before. It's not specifically targeted at the at this unionization effort, but it just comes at the wrong time. Um, and I like the fact that the program is called the offer. That's it's you know even Amazon itself refers to it as the offer. It's kind of a kind of weird, honestly. Yeah, it sounds kind of culty to be real with you. Yeah, the, it used to be called uh, pay to quit. Um, but I, no, okay, so if I'm being if I'm being real, if I'm being real, I think I like the offer better. Yeah, at least it's uh, less less subtle. Evil. Yeah, less less evil. It's, it's subtle. It's subtle. Uh, equally as is scary. Um, this next one is Apple. This is something that, I mean, uh, this always kind of scared me. The no, the zero click attack on an iPhone or zero click attack period is terrifying. But Apple is trying to make it harder to hack iPhones with zero click attacks. This is this is a you and JC special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so over the last few years, we've seen a few examples of uh, so-called zero-click attacks, which means where hackers take control of a, of an iPhone's of a target's iPhone without the target do, having to do anything. You know, there's no clicking on links, there's no falling for phishing. It's it all happens uh, sort of silently in the background with the target not noticing, and so obviously these are. The most, uh, as you as you were saying, you know, the scariest attacks because you know they could happen in the background uh, when you're not paying attention and there's not much you can do. And there have been a few examples in the last few years. In 2016, it was revealed that the the UAE uh, had a tool, um, a zero click attack tool called Karma. Uh, we reported that NSO was uh, marketing a zero click uh, attack to customers and last year, late last year, Citizen Lab uh, found 36 uh, people at Al Jazeera were targeted with zero click attacks. So this is sort of like a rising threat. And yeah, Apple is worried about it and what they did in the last, um, or what they're gonna do in the next uh, iOS upgrade is to uh, make it harder. And, but, and you know, the way they're making it harder is a very <coughs> technical, but essentially, they are extending uh, a technology called pointer authentication codes, uh, sometimes called the uh, PAC, to another part of the um, to a part of the operating system where this was not used, um, called I, I, ISA ISA pointers. So by encrypting these pointers, Apple is extending these protections. And according to a lot of sources that we talked to, and these are. Uh, you know, exploit developers for governments, people that work on uh, jailbreaking, iOS researchers. This is going to be a big deal, a big blow for zero-click attacks. Yeah, and I mean, I know at least a little while ago, the zero-click attack was always seen as something that nation states were kind of perfecting. Yeah, it's obviously, you know, if you're a spy agency or a law enforcement agency that wants to surveil, you know, a criminal or in the case of, uh, less government, less democratically friendly governments like the UAE, you know, spying on uh, dissidents, then zero click attacks are are like the ideal, like they're sort of like the holy grail of hacks because, you know, you just launch it, the target never 
sees any sign of anything, you know, they don't get like a weird text or a weird message and you can spy on them for as long as you want. Well, that's terrifying. Uh, now yeah, let's get... But yeah, sorry. Go the good news is that it's not going to be as easy. And that's also what Apple told us. Apple believes that this is not going to be as easy anymore. Well, I guess time will tell on that one. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is... I mean, this is just some feel-good news for people. Uh, when the Mars Perseverance rover made it to... Well, it landed on Mars. And there was, this isn't quite alien, but like I, now I'm not going to cue the music because it's not alien, but it's cool. It's, it's interesting. So basically the parachute that had like a weird red and white sort of pattern on it was deciphered by some Redditors and people on Twitter that essentially there was a actual, there was a message in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a great, like nerdy, geeky space news so yeah, Perseverance landed on Mars uh, last week, you know, which was um, a rare good news in these tough times. And and people noticed that the parachute that helped uh, the rover slow down and land safely had a weird pattern, uh, red and white pattern. And people quickly, on the internet, people quickly figured out that the red and white were stand-ins for binary code for zero and one. And a few people on Reddit and Twitter were able to de decipher it and figured out that it spelled their mighty things, which is the NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory motto, which they display in some of their rooms. Um, so it was kind of their way of, uh, you know, showing off that uh, the rover was made there. It's cool. It's cool. And yes, yes, Lorenzo, if you like space, you're a nerd. I'm just, that was, you know, I'm a nerd. I, I don't, uh, I don't mean Listen, this as an offensive I, I, I think way. Space is, I think space is sick. Space is, space is tight as hell. I mean, have I would you go seen? There. I would go there, you know? I would, I totally would. I would totally, I would totally go. I, you know, I always just thought space was cool and I was like, yeah, I'm into it, but I don't want to go there. It kind of scares me. Then I saw Interstellar and I don't know what it was, but that movie turned me. I was like, no, I, I would love to rocket through space. That would be... Sick. That's that's the movie that made you, that changed your that mind? That was the one. That was the one out of all the movies. I mean, I love 2001 A Space Odyssey. Like, even Total Recall. I remember seeing Total Recall, which is a good movie. Let's be honest. I even that, that, I was like, I rewatched it recently, the Arnold Schwarzenegger version, and it's, it's solid, man. It's it pretty, still holds up. It kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say completely holds up, but it, it's effective. All right, so here's a movie recommendation from Cyber this week. Total Recall. Yeah, Total Recall. I mean, you know, it's got a classic Which is thing. fitting because it's on Mars, so... It is on Mars. It is on Mars. Although I would really have a tough time believing Arnold Schwarzenegger being an assassin of any kind, especially in that era, because he would be the most uh, obvious candidate. Like, you see this giant dude barreling through anywhere, and I'd be like, hmm... I see him like he's not exactly covert. He's yeah, giant, not, not like, very stealthy, bucktooth dude. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the eighties, my friend, the eighties and the nineties. It was another era where things didn't have times. Yeah, things didn't have to matter. And in fact, there were movies about guys. What is it? What's the one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger where he gives birth? Oh my God! Yeah, I do, and Danny DeVito. Um, and yeah, I don't it? remember the title, but it was ridiculous. <laughs> that was just, I just remember that. Like movies just were getting greenlit 
left and right, man. Left and right. Anyway, what a time to be alive. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.